0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Take me to your leader. This is episode three yeah. that we're on. Is that right? Yep. Special guest today, Uh-huh. because she could fire us both on right. the spot. <laughs> so this is going to be fun. A uh, couple housekeeping things. Uh, you want to go over first um, all those comments we got on the Jeff Osterloh podcast. Yeah. Tons of comments. All, all what mostly was the good. one you,
1: what was the one you pointed out to me? Ron? Uh, the,
0: the guy normally listens to podcasts for like 20 minutes max. Mm-hmm. But since this was an hour, it was so captivating. He just kept listening yeah. and he thought it was great and said that <laughs> Jeff Osterlo was awesome. Yeah. That's my favorite I comment. Think,
1: I think that the real reflection on that was he was on a run and he was like, well, I guess I'll keep listening to this because I have an hour's worth of running. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I but. thank you guys for like hanging in there with us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh did want to clear up on the sponsorship because a lot of people have, you know, really been reaching out to our sponsors and then people are asking like, where does the money go? Yeah. So um, in Evan's pocket. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no not that's not true. That's not true at you're all. You're fired. <laughs> Dang it. She, yeah, she see, empty yeah, yeah, I not yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the sponsorship money is what we're going to do is when we get the money, uh, we have some local charities. We wanted to stay local. And we're going to give the sponsor the opportunity to choose where they would like that money to go. Yep. So once, nice. uh, once uh, we get the money, and they pick the charity, we'll make sure that they get recognized and the money will go to the charity. So we just thought it was a good way to, um, you know, have uh, exposure for some of our vendors and, and things, but also support the podcast and then even better help some charities. So.
2: Sure.
1: Yeah. And the, um, we've already talked about a lot of those, those local charities. Uh, Morick has already got a relationship with a lot of <laughs> cool Opportunities, so yeah. uh, it's neat to see those supported.
0: Yeah. So and then the charity of Evan, we disregarded that one. You're not.
1: They rejected my. Application. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, coffee today, brought to us by uh, K Cups. I don't yeah. know.
1: Yeah. Ron, you said you were going to bring coffee, but um, I brought you a K cup. Yeah, I'm just. Um, I think I've brewed it every time. Oh, okay. okay. So there needs to be some effort <laughs> on my part. To... I can tell you that the money's not going to a coffee service. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. So. All right. Who do we have with us today?
0: Today we have Debbie Mason. Uh, and she's currently the vice president of administration and human resources here at Warwick Mechanical Group. So a little bit of brag sheet mm-hmm. on Debbie. Yep. We mentioned the brag sheet last time.
1: Yeah, uh, she uh, not only can fire us, but she, she could kill us.
0: Kill us and revive yeah. us. <laughs> 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 she could hurt us really bad and yeah. then bring us back to, yeah, take us to the brink. Yeah. Um, so Debbie was the first female within the volunteer fire department rescue in Hampton. Mm-hmm. Um, she started Warwick in 1998 as a AP clerk. And then she had an opportunity for some advancement to payroll administration then she went to human resources and administration had a little bit of a that was probably in 2004-ish i guess mm-hmm. and then um you know a little bit of shakeup as we kept growing growing pains um, she was back to payroll administration hr then she became director of administration and human resources mm-hmm. And that's when I came on. That was mm-hmm. your title. Mm-hmm. And then recently, uh, just a few years ago, Debbie became a vice president and was on the executive team. And then uh, one last brag: Yeah, Debbie has a black belt.
1: Yeah, we and we said that we wouldn't attempt to say what it, what it's in. What right. is your black belt in?
3: Okinawa in Shoren-ru. It's a traditional Japanese style.
2: Um
1: mm. I'm once again reminded as to why we didn't attempt to say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's what we I, were talking I, about I, she <laughs> could she could take our life and then bring us back yeah, because yeah, she's yeah. first responder. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, she's yeah. um Full service. Yeah. We're, t- we're safe <laughs> right now. Right she's today. not she's not wearing black today. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So Evan, do you have a black belt? Uh
1: yeah, yeah I think it's um it I like full grain leather, maybe, or I don't <laughs> so know. it's a true black belt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay, all
2: right. Yeah, so you
3: guys aren't making fun of me now, are you? No, no, no. I'm making fun of me. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, yep, a,
1: <laughs> I would <laughs> never make fun of you. Yeah.
0: they made fun of me last time for not being an Eagle Scout, so or really? Boy Scout.
1: Yeah. Oh, really? You yeah. were never in Scouts.
0: I was never in Scouts. Yeah, yeah. that's a okay. scout to honor.
1: So, right. uh, Can you say that if you know? Uh, that? Uh, maybe not. Maybe, know. maybe
0: not. Yeah. Yeah. When I when she said the uh, the type of black belt, I wrote down okay, and then said, "Let Debbie say this." <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, welcome, Debbie. Thank you. I'm glad you're um, you've uh, able to join us. And how about tell us just a little bit about yourself? Uh, you have a cool story about where you were born. So, I,
3: yeah, um, so I was born in Alaska, Fort Elmendorf air force base. I was, a. while awesome. well, I don't remember it, a military brat, apparently, um, <laughs> moved from Alaska to Hampton and when I was five years old, I had five siblings at the time, uh, and my mom flew back with the five siblings with just the clothes on her back and came back and wow. lived with our grandparents.
0: So do you remember being while. in Alaska?
3: I do. I do. Uh, There's horror stories on me. I rode my tricycle through thin ice and fell through. Oh, my gosh. Lucky for me, the postman was walking by and pulled me out of the little creek or whatever it was. So I don't remember any of that. That (laughs) could be what's wrong with me. I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's what made her stone-cold, icy person she is today. Oh, no, that would
3: be the five boys I was raised with. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: This episode of Take Me To Your Leader is sponsored by Atlantic Lift Systems. The right equipment, when you need it, where you need it. Atlantic Lift Systems has been meeting our equipment rental needs for years. Atlantic Lift Systems is committed to building an organization that has one simple goal, to allow their clients to focus on what they do best. Atlantic Lift Systems focuses on delivering individual rental solutions through a broad-based offering of products and services. They're an independent rental company and a second generation family owned business. That's pretty cool. Yeah. In Hampton Roads, call 757 466 9280. And in Central Virginia, call 1 804 233 9241. Do you still have to dial the one? I don't, know. I don't think you have I, to dial the one anymore.
0: I hope they'll give them a call and our listeners will let us know. Yeah. yeah. Well, you
1: could call them twice. Yeah. One with the one and one without. But thank them both times. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh be sure to call them for your construction equipment rental needs and thank them for sponsoring today's episode <clears throat> again atlantic lift systems with the right equipment when you need it where you need it
0: so flew all the way back from alaska to
3: hampton to hampton mm-hmm. okay so she yeah. did
0: come back to here and then
3: yeah came back I uh, lived with our grandparents for a while. My mom remarried, and my dad took all of us on uh, wow. and had a great life.
2: Wow. Wow. Yeah.
0: So what uh, what drove you to wanting to be with the fire department, volunteer, rescue?
3: So my whole family uh, are public servants, either paramedic, firefighter, uh, jail officer, military. I uh, have two. Police. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sister-in-law is battalion chief in Hampton. My both of my brothers were paramedics in Hampton, career firefighters. My oldest brother was uh, hazmat tech in Newport News Fire Department, and then I had a brother in Hampton Roads Regional Jail. My niece is the major in Williamsburg Police Department, Ashley, wow. which you know, Ashley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she interned for us for yeah. for a summer yeah. or two.
2: That's cool.
0: Mm-hmm. That's cool. So you, yeah, you see, so, so you had exposure to it. Yeah. So. so
3: the way I got into it, I always. Uh, my two older brothers and myself were only a year apart. Those are only like eleven months apart. But I was riding their coattails. I was the ball girl in the baseball games, mm. all that <laughs> stuff, and pretty competitive. And they became volunteers at with volunteer fire department rescue squad. And of course, I had to do that. Yeah, <laughs> but there was no girls. <laughs> but that didn't Until stop me. Then, yeah. Uh, yeah, I put the work in, got the training. I became an EMT at age sixteen. Wow. Um, wow which was you know pretty unusual back then and um, registered to become a volunteer and got accepted.
0: Wow. And so you were 16 mm-hmm. and now you're 24. How'd you get all this done in eight years? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> See, human resources average. So you gotta, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to uh, get on
1: Dave's good side.
2: <laughs>
3: it actually, you know, get, becoming a volunteer, I actually did want to stay in the fire department, but at that time I was, you know, a tiny little skinny girl about 80 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> I think I was 88 pounds when I got married. The physicality of the job made it very difficult. Hmm. Uh, to do it as a career
2: yeah yeah
3: um so I had to go a different route but I stayed a volunteer uh, became an officer in the rescue squad back then in Hampton uh, the rescue squads were responsible for doing their own fundraising to buy equipment and vehicles oh wow Uh, so facilitated a lot of that was leading in a lot of that we had to be responsible for our own training. We did get some grants from the state, but for the most part, we uh, were door knocking, fundraising, wow. picking our own equipment, doing our own training. So uh, she was, was kind of in sales. Pretty too. cool, yeah. She was
0: kind of doing sales. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, the life lessons just from that alone—you oh, know, bet. dealing with uh, all different levels of society. Yeah. Um gives you a different perspective on life oh, that most you... people don't have the opportunity to see.
0: So at 16 years old, you were probably seeing some stuff, right? People on oh, accidents yeah, and yeah, just, yeah. yeah. I mean,
3: even though I was a volunteer, it was just like I was a paid staff member because yeah. I was working calls just like the guy next to me. Wow. And, you know, Man,
0: yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh.
3: seeing some pretty pretty tough stuff. My grandmother, she had a heart attack. I went to my mom's house one day, ended up having to do CPR on her. Wow. Uh, she died in that that day, uh, unfortunately. Mm. Then, didn't make it but you know but it was good that i was able to do that yeah if nothing else for the comfort of my father seeing me trying to help her yeah um so wow yeah
0: Uh, yeah. and so what took you to um what took you out of that other than you were saying
3: well i turned 18 and in the nichols household you either work or go (laughs) to school (laughs) and we weren't of uh we were of modest means, I'll put it that way. College really wasn't an option for most yeah. of us. Could have been if we wanted it. Uh, I went into the workforce. I started working for York Oil. That's when convenience stores were just coming up and becoming the thing. Yeah, you yeah. know, 7 Eleven was first, and then you yeah. started getting the easy goes and the tiny giants and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Huh. And started there at 18. Um, and then became an assistant manager, night manager there. Uh, didn't really want to, and it. Was on Pembroke and G Street in Hampton. So, wow. if you know anything about Hampton, that neighborhood's not the greatest. Yeah,
0: bird. this and this is yeah. before the black belt. <clears throat> yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yes, it was. Uh, I was still mean as a snake back then, though. But
0: yeah. <laughs> so, so, you, so, just back then, like we know Debbie, right? Yeah. So you, yeah. you're very confident, carry yourself well. Mm-hmm. Back then, you weren't timid either, though. You, you you're with brothers is that what made you so oh yeah like, i mean you weren't scared to work there my self-confidence
3: like. started with my two older brothers yeah. um because they were very protective of me but they also uh, allowed me to be me yeah, and yeah. taught me how to take up for myself yeah yeah um and then if i couldn't do a good job at it they'd help me out with it <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah they were huge donnie and dennis were huge uh, yeah. in my uh life my mother is I am a carbon copy of my mother, hmm. you know, to leave Alaska with five kids with nothing but the clothes on their back. Yeah. It took a lot of courage for her to do that. Yeah. Heck yeah. Um, and she's a tough chick. Yeah, She mm. is something else. Yeah. And she's living with me right now.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> wow. What's the, I'm sorry, what's the age difference between you and, you said Donnie and?
3: Yeah, so Donnie is the oldest, Dennis, and then me. So Donnie and Dennis are 11 months apart, and then I'm a year apart from Dennis. okay, Okay.
2: yeah, pretty pretty close.
3: So we were 10th, 11th, 12th in school. We were always behind each other.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. all right.
0: And what what high school? Hampton High School. There's only one high
3: school in Hampton. Okay, all right, good deal. All right, just make sure crabbers can't crush them.
0: Uh, so, um, then you, so you were at the uh, store so easy there go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and then
3: left there, went to work for what is now my sister-in-law, which is Dennis's wife. She was the controller at one of the largest building companies okay. in the, in the area. It was called HW Robertson. Mm-hmm. They were seven building corporations, a real estate corporation and a building and supply company right wow. there on Jefferson Avenue at Briarfield road. Uh, and they built a lot of the houses you see in Newport News and Hampton, the subdivisions. Okay. Uh, they built Sandlin Lakes. They and what was the name of that company? H.W. Oh. Robertson. H.W. Okay. Enterprises is still open. Uh, they do garages, build garages. Uh, Gary Berlin was the president of Robertson back in the day, and okay. I think his son took it over, and now his wife's taking that over. Wow. Okay. But, yeah, I learned construction um, through H.W. Robertson.
2: Okay. Okay. Became an, I was an accounting clerk controller. in there. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. Yep. Okay. I, I started as an AP clerk there, and then uh, she brought me on as her executive assistant. So uh, I was that for a while. And then she left the company, and I left shortly after. And I went to work for um, New Market Fair Mall. I was the bookkeeper there when it was still a mall hmm. oh, yeah, uh, for Goodman Seeger yeah. Hogan. Yeah. So I was there until the mall became defunct yeah and they started yeah. breaking it apart yeah uh and then from there I went to teach karate well I went to run a karate studio learned and got became a black belt now so was an instructor
0: wow so what is, so when was that up. what year is that about roughly
3: 89 90 okay um yeah I did and that full time for 10 years you were teaching mm-hmm. running
0: the mm-hmm. studio Mm -hmm. Okay, and then you told...
3: Alongside Vernon, yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) And then you told us, why did you want to get away from
2: it?
3: (laughs) Well, (laughs) so the school was originally in Hampton. We moved to Shady Banks, and then eventually up to Washington Square, and we blew up when we went to Washington Square. We we were probably 150 students strong, which was at that time considered to be one of the largest schools in the area. Hmm. Uh, That's a lot. You know, dealing with personality, parents... um,
0: but you said you wanted to work with same I
3: wanted to come back and work with other adults that uh We're saying yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And, and then Evan says, how's, yes. how's
1: that working out for you? Yeah. I
3: don't know, You're man. working with guys I, like us. I, I, you know, we were talking about closing up the karate studio this year. I said, hang tight for a minute. Let me just see how this works out. We might keep it open for another five years. So. Yeah.
2: Have you ever been
0: described as sane, Evan? Yeah. I, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't
3: think so. I mean, you, so, y'all you are parents. You know how yeah, parents are I with know. their kids. I know. It's just some, funny how you some said Some are realistic, yeah. some aren't. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. it, you know, in any so
0: you left. facet
3: of life, you can get burnout. And I got burnout with adults there. Yeah. So I needed to, you know, broaden my uh, adult pool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. She came to our pool. Yeah. yeah. Boy, yeah. this is a shallow pool. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Not a lot of deepness here. Yeah. Uh, uh,
3: yeah, and, you know, coming here, I had no intention of staying here. I just wanted to, you know, I want to do something during the day that just, you know, got me up in the morning and got me going. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, but Because I worked, we ran the karate. I stayed at the karate studio uh, at night. I would leave here uh, at 4.30 and go up there and teach for four hours And we were a six-day-a-week school back then. Yeah. It was just a way of life for us, yeah. and Vernon worked full time as well. Vernon doesn't know anything other than fifteen hours a day, and he's still yeah. like that, you know. But yeah. it became too much as I progressed through here, so my focus came back mm. to Warwick. And uh, Vernon and
1: is your husband. He is. He, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he's teaches at the studio as well. So yeah, he's the owner. Yeah, he's him, the
3: instructor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. cool. Mm-hmm.
1: And he he could. Hurt you too. Yes. Yep. I have no interest in making Vernon <laughs> yeah. or Debbie mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's another
3: one that's been a big influence in my life and how to deal with people and how to um um work through challenges, situations, de escalate. Um you know, I have a tremendous amount of respect for that individual. He's yeah. probably my most favorite human. I am married to him, <laughs> but I really do like him that's a good. lot. That's good.
0: Uh, that's good to hear. That's uh, good and a
3: lot that. of his qualities and traits that I see in him is here at Warwick, okay, uh, which good. has kept me yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. That's important so to
0: me. I met Vernon one time, and it was just kind of in passing. He might have even been here mm-hmm. at the office or whatever, but I really got to meet him when um, – Royden took Debbie, Mm -hmm. Laura, Jeff Cash, um, myself, I think Jeff Cash's daughter, um, to Nicaragua uh, on an Orphan Network vision trip. Mm. And um, if you've ever been there, (laughs) to where we went, (laughs) on the uh, east coast of Nicaragua, there's 80 plus percent unemployment. uh, would you call it a compound that we stayed at yeah <laughs> you know it had a yeah. it had a fence around it people garden it whatever so um so on the trip you got to know Vernon really well mm-hmm. and um <laughs> and then it becomes like nighttime and it's like we're all divvying up where we're going I'm like Where's Vernon going to (laughs) be? (laughs) Kind of like to be near him. in case stuff goes down. (laughs) I got your back, Vernon. I literally will be behind you.
2: (laughs)
3: Yeah, people are are looking at Vernon. He's 5'6". You know, he's 159, 160. He's still at his fight weight. He's actually a little heavier than his fight weight back when he was a title fighter, but full contact fighter. But it's like, really? This dude? Come on.
2: (laughs) Oh,
0: yeah. (laughs) But if you knew his history,
3: you knew he was the real deal. Yeah,
0: and he is such a great demeanor <coughs> mm-hmm. um no nah, Vern's a great guy uh, i remember we were both standing in the back of the truck as we were going out there to the uh the dump the city mm-hmm. dump in mm-hmm. nicaragua where we were feeding some children that go out there and pick through the trash all day or whatever mm-hmm. and so you really get to know somebody their true heart when they're yeah. willing to do that type of stuff yeah. and he was this first one jump in and everything, so it was pretty cool.
3: Well, teaching so, kids and being around kids has been a huge factor in our lives. You know, our adult, all adult lives, and that's that's who we are. We yeah. we we, uh you know, we try to influence and help and teach.
1: Yeah, so I mean, leading, <coughs> leading a group of people, you really have to know who you're leading, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's there's probably a lot of mm-hmm. stories that you or vernon have about leading kids Mm to do do you have any that stick out
3: yeah i think we were probably the first school in the area um, that brought in a special needs class and did a special needs class for autistic kids physically challenged kids my nephew dennis's uh, son is has cerebral palsy he was one of our first students um, to try and give them as much of a normal life as anybody else would have. And with Philip, you know, he, he was difficult in walking. So they had the surgery, cut his femurs, twisted them. So mm. he started to walk and he came, took martial arts, taught him focus, mm. taught him discipline, mm. taught him how to go out and compete. We took him to little tournaments build his confidence that way so he could interact and socialize with other kids that uh, he might not otherwise had the opportunity to be around that's cool we've had we've had many autistic children they could have been uh, dependency kids you know mothers were addicts Uh, those are the most challenging Um, but but there are life skills that can be taught with repetition and consistency but it takes a village to make that happen and keep it consistent. Mm -hmm. Those kind of things were were what really brought a lot of satisfaction to both of us. Um, And then other kids that are, you know, straight-A students and watching them, you know, become leaders and teach their lower-level students and become instructors, stay, and then eventually go to college, live life, and see what they've done with their life. You know, we get a lot of... emotional about that because yeah. they're like our kids. We've always taught our students like they're like our kids. We treat, treat each one the same way. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's it's been awesome. Yeah. That's, That's why we still do it to this day.
1: So, you know, I can imagine it's it can be really hard to stay motivated when you're dealing with, like, challenging yeah. leadership, you know. And I think – I imagine that a, a lot of the people listening – may not have may not be in a situation where they have like direct reports Mm -hmm. or they may not have a traditional leadership structure um you know where they've got that uh responsibility um that's specified on paper or something but they um i think we all end up in situations where we're leading those around us Mm -hmm. right and Mm so um and and at home too, right? I mean, leading mm-hmm. your, your family and maybe kids or maybe mm-hmm. younger siblings. I mean, your older siblings found, that, mm-hmm. found themselves a lot probably in, in that, sounds like in that situation too. Mm-hmm. And um, what, is there anything you would say specifically to someone that maybe doesn't, doesn't always see the immediate benefit or see that satisfaction um, of leading someone successfully You know, uh, sometimes it's hard to know the effect that we've had over time. And there is a lot of, a lot of benefit to that and leading someone with care, compassion, even though we don't see it. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah.
3: Everybody has a story, uh, Mm. and you know, taking an example, like an employee that might not be following policy and they might be having a bad day and taking the time to listen to them, treating them with respect, even if they don't treat you with respect, listening to what's going on in their life. You know, at the end of the day, we all want to be liked. We all want to do a good job, we hope. Um, I think that's part of the value structure here is, you know, we want to give everybody the opportunity to do a good job, um, but we also have to deal with challenges, you know, as work comes, work goes, and leading those teams and to remember that, um, you know, listening is a great thing. Listening and understanding is a hard thing to do. Um, So to lead a group, sometimes you have to remind your team and even yourself, I even have to remind myself, is to to listen to the big picture, Mm -hmm. come up with a resolution, be respectful, and be successful in moving forward in anything you do um respect's a big thing in martial arts as you guys know Mm -hmm. that um it's just it should be that everywhere uh and sometimes we don't get that especially in the construction world where we you know we're we're working in the elements we're under a timeline Mm -hmm. we're short staffed you know um when you have challenges just breathe breath yeah. work comes yeah. into play um, get all the get all of the uh, information and and work to come to an amicable and a great resolution so people can grow and move on as well just like you have
0: yeah i was asking some of my team like <clears throat> debbie's going to be coming on what what have you learned or what would you say and you know the key takeaway i got especially from from brandon michelle and laura you know they were saying that uh and and myself as well mm-hmm. this is you know uh, when we've had issues mm-hmm. with employees Debbie was always the first one to say all right well let's hear their side of the story mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know we've already formed an opinion mm-hmm. Right? you know I can't believe he or she did that and we're gonna you know blah mm-hmm. blah blah and there's like all right but the first thing we get in there let's listen mm-hmm. and 99% of the time our story's wrong it's like once you hear the whole thing it's like it makes sense and we talked about I think Debbie, you and I were talking about this, it's like, if you're going to be here at Warwick for your career, which is what mm-hmm. we want, right, you, know, you you want to live out the values, if you're the right person here, we want you here, Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, things are going to happen in your life. I mean, I got guys that mm-hmm. aren't married yet, they're mm-hmm. apprentices, they're not married yet, right? Mm-hmm. Then we have guys that have just been married, then we have guys that just have babies, then we have guys with teenagers, mm-hmm. then we have people like me with, you know, empty nests, mm-hmm. and, if you're going to stay here, and work here, the things that are going to happen in your life with unexpected deaths, oh, yeah. unexpected financial situations, that's going to happen in everybody's life, mm-hmm. right? If mm-hmm. you're going to stay here, we got to understand that that person is not going to be the same person every day. That's right. So right. if you're a leader and you're expecting 110% every day, and then that one day that they're 70% or maybe even 20%, mm-hmm. it's not to come down
2: on them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's to say, hey, man, what's yeah. wrong? You know, what's wrong? I know this isn't you. So, and that's one of the things Debbie's taught me is, you know, don't quit looking at the, the one incident. You know, we got to look at the, the to- total history there, which goes yeah. the other way, too. It's yeah. like, if this is the 10th time we're talking to you yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> about not wearing your PPE yeah. Yeah. or, you know, whatever, yeah. it's like, you know, maybe this isn't the yeah. place for yeah. you. And, and, you know, you, so it goes both ways. But, anyways, yeah. I just thought I'd share that with you. Yeah. That was one of the things I've learned from Debbie is just, uh, listen first yeah um,
3: one of the things that in the in the dojo that we teach the kids is we treat the word can't as a four-letter word there's nothing that you can't do right don't say that our motto is and it's it's up on the wall and the kids see it all the time is yes i can Mm. um you know no matter what goes on you get frustrated i just can't deal with this anymore well yeah you can run towards the challenge yeah Come towards a good resolution, figure it out, learn from it, and grow. Yeah. That's a hard thing for an individual to do and remember to do that all the time. And I yeah, we all struggle with it.
0: Well, it's like Evan. He said, I can't do this podcast. I said, Yes, you can. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Y'all are great Actually, at it, by the way.
1: Today I was like, I don't yeah. I don't think I can do yeah, this. Yeah, I yeah, can. Yes, 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 you, you can. Yeah.
0: Dang it. Yeah. <laughs> and you're yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. Here I am. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, so, you know, from a leadership perspective, you know, challenges are, are, are going to be there. There's, it's part of everyday life, no matter what you're doing in your life, whether it's work, whether it's home, whether it's society. You know, you, you can't run from things. You've got to confront it with honesty, integrity, uh, own when you need to own mm-hmm. your stuff, yep, yep. Um, and, and work together, not against each other. Um, and and I think we do a pretty good job of it here at Warwick and and MNR. You know, um, absolutely. We wouldn't have grown like we have if we didn't. We've got a great leadership team. Um, you know, Roy and Steve set the set the bar high. Yeah. Um, and it makes us want to get up to that same bar. Um, so it's 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 a great thing to be around.
0: Yeah. Now, for those who don't know. Um we have two stories here in our building. And so Steve and Royden are up at the top
3: mm-hmm.
0: in the corners, right? And uh, where do you sit, Debbie?
3: <laughs> I'm right next sure. to the president yeah. and across the hall from the CEO. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. so so let me just talk about my path a little bit here yeah. at Warwick. You know, Royden is, is a huge part of my progression here. He has always taken the time to mentor and teach me. You know, I, I'm not from a college-educated yeah. background. I'm, I'm from um, practical work life. School and, of uh, Hard Knocks. School of Hard Knocks, <laughs> yes. Um, and, and anybody, and especially it's at, at the level of Roy, anybody that wants to teach you and take the time out of their day to show you something, whether you agree with it or not, there's a story behind it and mm-hmm. why they're trying to teach you how to do it. Yeah. Pay attention. Yeah. Um, because it does, it becomes more um, relevant in where you're headed, probably. And that's what it ended up being for me. And then when Royden stepped back a little bit, you know, Steve became a huge factor as well. I've learned so much from Steve. I could sit there. Steve, I I compare Steve and Vernon a lot. I could watch Vernon teach all day long. I could actually hear Steve uh, speak motivational speaking all day and would yeah. never get tired of it yeah. um, and he's a great he's a great um, uh, motivator he he always turns to the positive um, when he's talking to the the, the base the employee mm-hmm. base yeah. the management team uh, he we do have tough conversations as you well know yeah. when we sit in our meetings <laughs> part but, of leadership yep. but you know it, at the end of the day we all come together and mm-hmm. we try to make us just a little bit better every day yeah. uh, and that's that's why. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I'm still here. Quite frankly, yeah. um, if it'd been the leadership team eight years ago, might not still be here. Yeah. Um, but I think we've worked hard to build a great team. Yeah, and I think yeah. we've got it.
1: That's that's a, I see this underlying team, um, <clears throat> underlying theme of appreciating perspective, mm-hmm. and and yeah, you know, we talk a lot about our values, and one of those is people, mm-hmm. and so I think that in order to do that. I mean, that's where appreciating mm-hmm. perspective, or at mm-hmm. least um, seeking out other perspective is and being, important.
3: having enough humility to listen to it. Sure. Um, whether you believe in it or agree with it.
1: Right. That's different.
3: Be humble enough to know we're all working towards the same goal right. and work together and not against right. each other.
1: Yeah. And, and also, I think there's, um, you just, you said, uh, talked about humility. I think one of the other sides of humility is you you don't necessarily have to know all of some of the other perspectives you get Mm -hmm. a room full of people you get a room full of perspectives Mm -hmm. you don't have to understand every single aspect of everyone's perspective you just need to know that you don't know everything you know and um that there are other perspectives and you need to be sensitive and and willing to listen to Mm um to you know Whatever you need to hear out of mm-hmm. those perspectives in order to you know make a decision or to encourage or you know whatever mm-hmm. whatever the next step may be. Mm-hmm. So that's that's good. One thing I think we neglected to do at the very beginning. Uh, you know the, the the feedback. Some of the feedback we got initially <laughs> was that like people don't know who we are. Yeah. Um, and so are you? Uh, we've mentioned a few names in the organization. So it, it, Ron here is the vice president of the service, service division, mm-hmm. um, and you report to Steve. Steve and, Parker. Yeah, yep. Steve Parker, and the who's the CEO mm-hmm. and president. Um, and Debbie also reports to Steve, the president and COO, and I'm the director of IT at the at the company here. Oh, we also mentioned Royden, who is mm-hmm. the CEO, uh, C- yeah, uh, CEO of the company, mm-hmm. as well. So anyway, I just want to make sure we um, in- yep. include that Good. description because for us, I don't know.
0: because we have a couple of listeners in Australia, yeah. right? right? And then yeah, we 100%. had one in... Uh, where was the other one? Somewhere outside the United States. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, Florida's in the United States, not that one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm such an IT nerd. I'm thinking about, well, it's maybe somebody like got on a VPN that was routed through that country so that we could have it. Yeah, it could know, be. I could do that. But, could you know, our Hope,
0: basically. <laughs> Hope lives in Australia. Hope lives in Australia. In Australia so, yeah. so shout out to Hope if you're out there listening. Hey, Hope. Yeah, oh, hey. We share, miss you. Share the podcast.
1: Mm-hmm. We were talking about yeah. Hope the other day. Yeah. See, there's still some like Australia paraphernalia down uh, in various offices in the A county. Koalas. Yeah, koalas. Yeah. Australian flags yeah. and so yeah, I hope yeah. if you're listening She's just awesome. know that your your presence is still evident yes. here. And we and we
0: miss you and you're you're um free to come back. Right. Yes, uh, absolutely. Come on. Um so one of the things that you're talking about earlier, I'm reading a book and by the way, any time we mention a book. We try to put it in the show notes, so yep. uh, we'll try to make sure we get this, but the Speed of Trust by Stephen Covey, which I think is Stephen Covey mm-hmm. Jr., it's not, you know, Seven Habits is the dad, this mm-hmm. is, uh, and anyways, he mentions a lot of companies will, you know, if you broke it down, how many people are uh, not really worthy of trust in your company, and some people will say, oh, let's, you know, they just surveyed and they said it's like 3%. Mm-hmm. Some people say, oh, it's higher than that. You know, i got 10% of the people I wouldn't trust, whatever. Most companies operate on dealing with everybody as if they were the 10%. Mm-hmm. And it's like if you dealt with the 90% yeah. that are trustworthy yeah. and gave them trust yeah. and worked with them, that's when those companies take off because mm-hmm. it allows them to thrive. And it usually weeds out the 10%, usually. Mm-hmm. Not all the time. But uh, but that – I was just reading that last night and that's that hit me mm-hmm. is uh that's one of the things i feel like we do pretty good is we uh,
3: do uh, and and, and we do live by trust. our value structure there's that's something i firmly believe in and uh you know we again i said these guys set the bar high um but look where we are today yeah, yeah um,
2: absolutely
0: um yeah and trust also is huge yeah we it uh mentioned um raising the ceiling mm-hmm. of values and keeping it high, it also causes the floor to lift up. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the lowest yeah. part becomes better. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like, you know, as you raise the ceiling, the floor comes up. So, you know, we, I think we're pretty good at that too is with broden Steve setting those values and yeah. keeping us accountable to all of that. Yep. It requires everybody mm-hmm. at every level to come up some mm. and, and perform better.
1: Yeah. So from the, uh, That's valuable to hear for a for an IT guy. There's um, and I I could be the only like uh, IT dude that actually like listens to this podcast. Maybe I don't know, (laughs) but uh, there's this uh, (laughs) in the world of cybersecurity. There's a uh, the school of thinking. There's this uh, practice of zero trust, where you yeah, like, <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah. the complete opposite of what you're yeah, talking about, yeah. and uh, so that's but that's different than like you know trusting someone with uh, you know organizational like um, you know decisions and responsibilities yeah. well, and, like, and stuff like that. But there, <laughs> yeah. it's just funny the yeah. Contrast.
0: When you <laughs> mentioned coming into a room and Debbie, knows, you know, we're in an executive meeting. Um, a lot of times, there's a lot of ideas, a lot of stuff coming out, and you got to trust that everybody's coming at it from the right, right, you know, yeah, values or whatever. Yeah. It's not in it for themselves or whatever. And so, you, if you take that assumption right away, yeah. it takes it to another level of a bigger conversation. And then when you walk out of the room, you got to trust that whatever we decided, everybody's going to be on board and we're just going to do it. it. May not have been your idea, it may have been opposite of your idea, but you're going to go out of here and you know, not mm-hmm. you know. Trust that everybody's going to do it the right way. So, yeah. but yeah, I, as uh, <laughs> one of the owners, I'm glad that our IT guy looks at cybersecurity as zero percent trust. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: it's just funny. I'm I a mean, good guy. Give me access it, to your network. It, yeah, it, we're definitely, <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> all right, I'll trust <laughs> you. Yeah, no yeah. You can have access to everything. Yeah, yeah it's just funny because I, I don't think that it. Um, listening to leadership, um, you know, thoughts in the IT world, mm-hmm. the idea of trust doesn't really get talked about yeah, outside yeah. of like yeah. uh, the um, the you know trust that that comes with like you know no, like resource access, and yeah. so uh, it's just it's funny. I I think that it could it could be talked about, but it, it would be interesting to hear <laughs> you know, some like the delineation there anyway yeah. uh but as far as teams go, i think that's yeah that's a that's a big deal and and like you said something that i think we do well is um that's like being humble right, right. i mean yeah. and 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 appreciating that perspective is to um to mm-hmm. right to trust oh, yeah. you know? yeah.
3: so i've been fortunate enough to be part of some of the uh females that have uh grown within the organization uh ron took uh my first one from me <laughs> laura <laughs> She mentioned that
0: in her interview, didn't she? Yeah, so, yep. yeah,
3: yeah. She came to me uh, to work for me. I created a position for her, <laughs> and she um, she paid attention. She learned. She's a smart girl,
0: and she's taken off. And Oof.
3: she just took off, and you know, her confidence was there. Uh, and it, because when I came, it was a, I think Warwick was a ten million dollar company when I came on board. That's and crazy, isn't it? The accounting office was in this training building here. <laughs> And it was five women, one PMA inside, and a receptionist. Um, And Tina was the queen. She was the accounting manager, and she ran (laughs) all of the girls. And to watch how we have evolved over 25 (laughs) years, it's been kind of fun to watch and be a part of that. And and, and, uh, watching Laura grow, looking to where Rhonda is. Karina is just a rock star uh, Heather, Tammy, you know, we've got some people that have been here. Tammy's been here for 30 some years. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then the PMAs that we have, uh, and then MNR's crew, Kate, they're just strong leaders, um, working in a predominantly male industry. You know, we're trying to change that in the field operations side. Uh, and it's challenging, you know, still to get women to be part of that. Um, but you know, women, the rumor is women make the best welders. Their attention to de- detail is great. So yeah. every time I get the opportunity to meet a female welder, I'm like, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You there know. was quite a few at the booth the other day mm-hmm. at ODU that yep. were, uh, asking about the engineering and the welding. And, mm-hmm. and I said, oh yeah, you, you know, yep. good career. Um, so leadership stories. First of all, uh, Tina, um, mm-hmm. She, she was here when i was here she, she was. retired mm-hmm. when i was here um love tina she mm-hmm. does you know just great person um but i heard a lot of stories and i can't i can't remember any when you said that and you were out here i remember a story about Somebody being stingy with pencils was that her? That was no,
3: that was Miss Ledford. That oh. was her boss back oh, in the okay. day. Oh, so, Tina okay. was here 40 <laughs> plus years. I just thought that's a fascinating yeah. story. How About that for a legacy. Yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm uh, sure that's not the only
1: thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, let me tell
3: you something. I would fail that test because I'm forever losing my pens, um, and I would be writing in blood probably if I worked for Miss Ledford. Tina's story is you'd cut you'd your pencil had to be down to two inches and that included the eraser and the metal that the eraser sits in wow. before you got another pencil. <laughs>
1: wow!
3: Yeah, she was he she was a uh, true yeah. cost accountant. Yeah, and kept an eye on on the dollar. Yeah, she definitely did, which is that, a good trait to have. That was that it. That
0: was the, it was the story. Uh, that was the because because uh, uh, Bob when he worked for me he oh, was yeah. like. You know, I, I think I had a pen or a pencil. I forget yeah. what it was. And he's like, well, and I was looking for nothing. He's like, no, you wouldn't get that with her here. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he
3: told Wow. Yeah. Tina was That's picky awesome. about the office supplies. They were pretty tightly held, and they were back here in her office <laughs> uh, when I came on board. Yeah. Um, you know, but when you grow and you diversify and you have multiple divisions – You do the best you can. I think we do a pretty good job at it, and everybody cooperates. Then you realize
0: no one's getting rich off of pencils. That's right. Nobody's (laughs) selling them. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We've talked a lot about – I I love this opportunity to celebrate individuals. You were talking about Mm -hmm. women in the industry, Mm -hmm. and um, and we've had the opportunity to hear – about, you know, we've thrown out some like dollar figures on where we were and where Mm -hmm. we've, you know, where we come from and where we are now. And, um, I think that's great. I I do want to point out, I think it's the perfect time when we're talking to the VP of human resources to talk about how, um, and I think we do this in a way, but just to, to point out the fact that we have so many valuable humans and it is our greatest resource right i mean Absolutely. that is our our values yeah. people and so when we talk about the people that have seen success and grown through the industry or the in the company mm-hmm. um, like laura Chowner or mm-hmm. any of the other salespeople, it's if it would not have happened if it weren't for the talented and dedicated um, service techs, plumbers welders mechanics like all these mm-hmm. these people men and women that are so like i mean they exhibit the values absolutely and, they, and that's really why we're doing this podcast yeah. um even though even though ron tricked me into it i get it it's fine <laughs> yes you um, can but i yes, do get can. <laughs> i can yes uh i need can you paint that on my wall yeah um <laughs> And that's that's why we're doing it. And I think that it's it's a good uh, reason because we want to make sure that the people that are working so hard every day to make the literally turn the nuts and put the you know put cut, cut fitters, the checks. And cut yeah. checks yeah. and do all of that stuff are you know can at least have a um, a little better perspective on like, yeah. you know, yeah. the stories of, yeah. of like the, you know, and the leadership, because, um, that's really where the, the biggest resource lies.
3: Yeah. There's no doubt that the, the, uh, people under us are, they're the backbone of the company. They're what make us successful. Um, they come every day with a great attitude and sometimes they're working in a lot of strange conditions. Yes. I mean, we're a pretty talented company. Some of the stuff we do, I'm just in awe of. Yeah. Um you know, for those people to come to work and do it every day uh and like it. Yeah. Uh and then and are good at it. You know, yeah. make us all make us all look good and it continues to bring the that's what I like about this company too. it brings us the difficult project so when there is something difficult to be done, work's typically the first call
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh, and mm-hmm. it's it gives you a sense of pride that these guys and girls out in the field and in the office provide the kind of service and talent that that we provide in the industry mm-hmm. um, it's part it's great to be part of that that whole thing um, and they are definitely the big part of this yeah yeah i
0: had the opportunity to talk to my whole division uh out at uh mariner's museum shout out to mariner's museum uh, yeah if you've not been there you definitely need to check that out Mm -hmm. and uh so anyways we had our breakfast over there and so uh i get a little anxiety when Mm all of my guys, right, who we bill every day, every hour for, are sitting there listening to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hurry up, Ron. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get them back out there. But to see them, we talk about some of the brags and kudos that customers send in about yeah. them and yeah. the good work they've done, and then they get to brag on each other. You can't brag on yourself, right? So we have some, some, you know, the gift cards are you know they're not not expensive gift cards, but they mean something yep. that we're acknowledging in them for their good work. Mm-hmm. And um, and I mean, I just look across that room and just I can tell you story after story of these guys that they've all been through. Well, not all. Of them. Some are apprentices and are going mm-hmm. through the apprenticeship, but I mean they've all been through, you know, four or five years of training, mm-hmm. and then they've been in the industry. This isn't an easy industry. I mean, and every day we ask them uh, and this is construction included. It's like, we ask them to get up, show up, give us the whole effort and then go home. Right. It's not, they, they usually don't have a scoreboard that says, yeah. look, you're doing a great job, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so, but they are why we're yeah. are where we are, you know? And so, yeah, it's just, a um, um, when it comes to leaders, I, I get humbled by all the people we have working in all the, great job that they do um when
3: you
2: know
0: they just yeah. do what they're being asked and they're doing we've great got job.
3: people that are the field guys and you know with the labor shortage we've tried to take it to the next level to try and help the locals get in talent and we've actually asked some of these uh, individuals from the field to join us and talk about the trades and mm-hmm. talk about you know why it's such a great career path especially if you can't go to college you know, and and go to school, have your education paid for, have a great life for you and your family, make a pretty decent salary uh, that's equitable to what a college education would be. You know, it would be very similar. And to get uh, the real-life stories. Without the college debt. That's it, without the college debt, (laughs) and get these guys to tell their stories. And we got Mm -hmm. some great success stories. Montavia is one of them. Um, To watch them get out in front of the youth and talk about it you know i'm yeah. just in awe yeah yeah so
2: yeah.
0: Uh, montavia deluge is one of my mm-hmm. service technicians right and uh i am blessed to have him on the team yeah. he he went through the apprenticeship um i was actually there for his interview the very first time mm-hmm. and uh and we decided to hire him and get him in the apprenticeship but funny story real quick about montavia is uh so i have breakfast for, with him from time to time and and uh just a great dad mm-hmm. and uh, great guy all mm-hmm. the way around and uh, I'm at the booth at ODU 7 by 7 Internship Summit, and this girl walks up. And she says, Warwick, because the sign's right there. She says, Warwick, my dad works there, and I'm standing beside her, right? And then I said, really, who's your dad? And when she turned around and smiled, I'm like, she's going to say Montavia. She said, Montavia DeLoach and I was like, I knew it. Just from the smile, I knew it. So uh, she took a selfie oh, and great, uh, sent awesome. it to him or whatever. So uh, so, anyways, that was just a cool story. That's uh, great. Love Montavia. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but yeah, his daughter spitting image. Yeah. yeah, sweet, sweet person. So, yeah. um, so leadership stories though, uh, lessons that maybe you learned by when you and and this could be you as a leader or a leader that you know. But uh, and it could be good or bad. But what was the lesson you learned out of some leadership? Uh,
3: So I've been privy to some of the higher level conversations Mm -hmm. and this was really before I came a manager level. Uh, we did a habitat house and, uh, humility is a big, is, is a big deal here. You know, Mm -hmm. we, we do things because we genuinely want to help people. It's not to throw a dollar at it. Um, and to watch a leader, um, interact with another individual to say yeah no we're not going to write a check we're actually going to push our sleeves up we're going to open it up to the entire company and see who wants to help build a house and we built a house (laughs) Um, and it was one of the best things i was ever part of to see that leader kind of take control of it we project managed it just like we normally do but the the leadership to pull those people in to build a three-bedroom, two-bath house on our own time in the course of six months. It was Mm. pretty remarkable to watch. Pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool to watch internally here. I mean, you know, I've just watched people grow uh, from their mistakes Mm -hmm. uh, and become very, very strong leaders. And I don't, you know, I'm not going to call anybody out by name, but there's just, you know, many people that have done that. I've seen people leave and come back and be strong leaders. you've yeah. got one of them in your group. Yeah. Uh, we've got one that's right. on the national side right now on the yeah. union side. Um, it's It truly is a, a a great place to work, and you've got a lot of people here that really um, enjoy what they do and want to do more yeah. and learn yeah. more. and when they ask for it, you know, we give them that opportunity. Yeah. we hear them and then we give them the opportunity to try and help them meet their own personal goals within their professional life, whether it be in the field or on the administration side.
0: Yeah. So do you have a time where you failed? Could you think of a time when you failed and um, um, what probably, you learned from it? Maybe. Um, well, Now, now Jeff Ostrillo told us he doesn't fail because the tequila makes him forget his failures.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a perfectionist by any means. Um, I'm a troubleshooter, I'm a trying-to-bring-people-together person. Yeah. Um, but I have put myself in a position where I probably didn't get all the information I needed, mm. uh, and that really was probably a growth for me, okay. especially if I was going to stay in the risk management and human resource side. Um, you know, I everybody wants to be liked. I'm in a position to where I would do human resources <laughs> and risk management, which safety's under me, and it makes yeah. it very challenging oh, some yeah. days. Um, but you know, we're always going to do the right thing. We want our people to go home every single night and, uh, to build a safety team here has been one of my biggest, um, challenges, Mm -hmm. um, because it is a competitive market out there, just like it is with the, the skilled side. Um, not only competitive, but we're growing. Mm
0: -hmm. So it's like, as soon as you think you've got enough safety people, you gotta have one more. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And that's the world in which we've chosen to live in and and do these large projects. So, um, yeah.
0: So, uh, one last question that, you know, we're asking everybody unless you have another question. Mm -hmm. Okay. We'll finish on this. Um, if you could go back in time and give your younger self, (laughs) Debbie advice or tell someone who wants to take your path, um, to leadership uh, what advice would you give them so sort of a um, knowing what you know now and you could go back what would you tell somebody or tell yourself
3: well I didn't always take the um, I didn't always run towards the challenge sometimes I would take the easy way out um, I would say run towards the challenge take every opportunity of failure and learn from it because you do learn from it um, And never sell yourself short. Mm. You know, hard work has its rewards. Yeah. Um, So keep pushing forward. Never say you can't do it.
0: That's right. Sounds great.
3: Yes, I can.
0: Yes, I can. Yes, you can, Evan. You can do this podcast.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Thanks. I'm going to run towards... Yeah, run towards that.
3: Well, you uh, know, nobody nobody <laughs> remembers the the great things we did. Everybody remembers the bad things. Of we course, do, you yeah, know yeah, So, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I I've had some failures in my life, yeah. But I'm proud to say I hope I've learned from every one of them, mm-hmm. um, and uh, move forward.
0: I had a saying, and I don't know what it was. Uh, Might have been from the gym, but it was. Um, success whispers and failure screams. Mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. totally butchering that quote, but I mean, it's, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. it's everybody hears your failure, sees it, talks about it forever. You know, success sometimes comes incrementally Mm -hmm. and you just don't recognize it quick enough for, so good for us leaders to recognize that part. But, um, well Debbie, this has been great. I learned a lot about you. Um,
1: for sure. Yeah. It's good. So any, if we had a title for this one, it would be Yes You Can Yes you with can with Debbie Mason.
0: Yeah. <laughs> do we have titles or we just No.
1: Yeah. No. We thought about doing that. Okay. Yeah. So it's just Debbie Mason. We could change it. It's only number three. It's only number three. We're so, once again, here we go. We're such amateurs. <laughs> yeah, you sure you yeah. want to
2: do this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Y'all
0: are
3: great. Y'all do a great job.
0: <laughs> we might publish this. I don't
3: know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> You I got agree- any final Wait, thoughts? Was that recording? No, I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate you guys. Um, I think this is a great thing. I think it helps um, bring people together. Um,
0: well, I know you're extremely busy. We we all our schedules were crisscrossing, but I, you made time for this one, so I appreciate it. And um, um, Evan, I'm thankful for that you're
1: here. Yeah, I'm
3: thankful so, well, for you too, Evan. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for getting my phone to work <laughs> last night.
1: Yes, <laughs> phones. Could have a whole episode on <laughs> phone trouble. Yeah. So, And thank you all for listening.
0: Thanks for listening. Please uh, share. We're on um, Spotify and the Apple, whatever that is.
1: <laughs> so, yes. We're so. on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Yeah. So, so subscribe, share, all yeah, that stuff. All that stuff. Yeah. yeah.
0: Send us your comments. Let us know
1: what yeah, you want to hear. Feel free.
0: Yeah. All the kind of stuff. So. Thanks, everybody. If it's everybody. bad,
1: send it directly to Ron. So. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.